So I think that the reason women haven't really come into these roles as much as we've seen men in them is really mostly due to unconscious bias. I don't ever feel that I was restricted as a woman in the roles that I wanted to do when working at Investec, but I do think unconsciously men don't necessarily consider women for certain roles because they have a stereotype in their minds as to you know who could perform certain roles. That was Ruth Lees, who, subject to regulatory approval, has been appointed CEO of Investec Bank PLC, the group's UK banking subsidiary. I'm Alex Bell, and today we welcome Ruth to Investec Focus Radio to talk about her journey to the top of a FTSE 250 company. Hi, Ruth, and thank you for joining us. Hi. First of all, tell us a bit more about your education and your early career. So I studied at Fitz University in Johannesburg, not sure if you still call it Wits University <laughs> these days, and I actually studied a Bachelor of Arts, and I focused on psychology and economics. I took economics as a business credit. I did study maths as well, but I thought, let me take a business credit, and I took economics, and, and that was part of my studies. I had an amazing professor during my time at Fitz University. His name was Professor Piet Stradom. We're still in touch today, actually. And he really inspired me during my studies in economics at the time. And he planted the seed in my mind to consider studying abroad, studying outside of South Africa. And I remember applying to a number of universities and was then very fortunate to be offered a place at Cambridge University. So I continued my studies there in England, which was just an unbelievable experience. If you ask, you know, why I landed up actually at Investec, well, I didn't have the money to go and study at Cambridge University. My parents were very supportive of me going there, but I needed to find the cash to pay for it. And I wrote to a number of different banks in South Africa, the, the big four banks at the time, and I also wrote to Investec. And day after day, I received rejection letters. I said, I will come back and work for you after my studies, and, you know, please can you fund me? And no one really wanted to do that, but one day I received a letter from HR at Investec that said, do come in, and I met with Stephen Kossoff, who interviewed me, and they gave me a deal to study overseas and then come back and work three years for Investec thereafter. And during this time, I actually managed to win the GenCorp Chairman Scholarship, and that was a one-year payback. And at that period of my life, when I was in my young 20s, three years felt like an awful long period of time, so I actually took the scholarship and I didn't work for Investec at the time. Um, but I did come back to Investec later on. That's a story I really love to tell. And what happened was I was working at Genco at the time and bumped to, into Stephen Kossoff at a shop one evening. And he said, where are you? Where have you landed up? Why don't you come back and work at Investec? And that was the beginning of my journey actually back to Investec. That's incredible. Um, and thinking about your upbringing then, what role do you think that had in the place where you are today? I think I was always very driven and motivated as a person, as a child, always very, very busy dancing, singing, drama, on the sports field, and then blessed academically. I was very lucky that it wasn't you know, as difficult for me um, academically, so that, that really helped to give me the time to be able to do all of these other things, and uh, my parents were very supportive, and my mother used to take me around to all different activities after school, so that was really fun. I think my father was, he was, he is a doctor and he was strongly intellectual and uh, always interested in a number of different things and the dinner table conversation every day was very, very interesting, challenging on the mind and I think there was a lot of conversation around there that, you know, just got us to think about lots of, and lots of different things. Um, my mother is really the ultimate homemaker, the best cook in the world, strongly maternal, would, 
not stop her doing anything for her kids, always very, very hospitable. And I don't know, that combination has brought me to where I am today. So that's a move around from starting at Messick so long ago, then moving out, moving back. Why did you move then from South Africa, Bestic, and move to London? So I started at Investec in South Africa in 1998, very, very long time ago, so uh, sitting here 21 years on. And I started in derivatives. I really, really wanted to do derivatives. I remember Stephen Kossoff saying to me, I need to start in risk, and I did, just didn't want to do that, but really wanted to do derivatives, and uh, they gave me a place to do that. And I became very interested in credit derivatives, credit derivatives and structured credit. And we tried to get the South African market going in credit derivatives and structured credit, but it just turned out that most of this activity was taking place in the U.S. and in Europe and wasn't really happening in South Africa. And myself and a colleague decided to move across to Investec in the U.K. at the beginning of 2002 to build the credit derivatives business in the U.K. And that's why we left. My husband is a singer. He was a chartered accountant, but abandoned that as soon as we got married. And he's a professional singer, and he also wanted to advance his singing career here in the UK. So we came across together just to, to explore and to build here. So 20-year history with the same company, though. What has made you stay? So if I think about this company, it's definitely the people that have made me stay. If I think of Stephen Kossoff, Bernard Cantor, Glenn Berger... These are people with huge integrity that one can never question and a huge generosity of spirit. And I basically grew up here. I felt that Investec's always been an investment bank really with a heart and a soul where you're not just a number and another employee and you could be a person and also perform at the same time and both of those things would be taken into account. So I feel that I could always do my own thing here. It was as close to being an entrepreneur as you could be within a corporate structure And as long as I performed, I could get all the flexibility that I would want. And I have to say, looking back, that's what I've been able to achieve here. Now, according to the IMF, um, here's a quote, just 15 of the more than 800 bank chief executives around the world are female, despite an increased focus on diversity and compelling evidence that having women in senior roles makes banks safer. So why do you think this is the case and do you think it's improving? So I think that the reason women haven't really come into these roles as much as we've seen men in them, is really mostly due to unconscious bias. I don't ever feel that I was restricted as a woman in the roles that I wanted to do when working at Investec, but I do think unconsciously men don't necessarily consider women for certain roles because they have a stereotype in their minds as to you know who could perform certain roles. So I think the lack of role models means that many women aren't drawn to certain types of activities, but I do think that it's definitely improving, and I do think that the whole drive towards diversity diversity and inclusion worldwide has really led to a lot of improvements more recently. Another quote there, a 2015 Credit Suisse report found that companies with more women in the boardroom bring better returns and outperform on the stock market. So do you think that more women on boards equals better performing companies? So I think it's important to have more women on boards, and I know that everybody has gone that route, but I think it's really, really important to have more women everywhere in the organization. Why wouldn't you include a huge portion of the of the population into your workforce? So I think it's just imperative to have women and people who are diverse at all levels of the organization, and that is what I believe contributes to a far better performing organization, having diversity of opinion, people from different backgrounds, people with different histories and thoughts and ideas on different topics.
why is gender balance and having a more diverse workforce important, especially in senior management teams? So I think that more so than using the word diversity, but I think belonging and inclusion is very, very important in organizations. And I think the more diverse the organization is and the more different people you employ, the more possible it is that anyone can actually feel like they fit in to your organization and to your environment. So I think it's very, very important for us that people who work here feel like they do actually belong. I think you do anything for your family. You'd go out of your way. You have unconditional support for your family. We want people to feel that that they have unconditional support, no matter how different they are, no matter how diverse they are, and we'd like that to be the feeling and the environment within Investec. So Ruth, have you had mentors and mentees along the way? And if so, what have they taught you? So I think I mentioned earlier in one of my former answers that I had a professor at university called Professor Piet Stradom, who definitely taught me to stretch for a different horizon, to think outside the box, to think beyond the borders of South Africa and what I could learn outside of South Africa and bring back with me to the people around me. Also, Stephen Kossif, together with Glyn and Bernard, have been mentors for me over all the years, as well as Kieran Whelan and David van der Walt. I think from each of them, I've learned multiple things. I think if I had to summarize across all of them, the main things that I've learned, definitely from Stephen, don't panic. Very, very important. I think here in the UK, we often you know, say, keep calm, carry on. But very, very important not to panic. I think that we as an organization have always been able to risk manage our way out of various situations and actually shine at our best when times are actually tough. I've learned to listen. Very, very important quality. I think something Bernard always says, give people a hug, empathy, looking after people, showing that you care. Very, very important. And then critically important to inspire with hope and not with fear. Are there any challenges you think you've experienced as a woman in business during your career? When I look back, I always think about, you know, whether I thought about being a woman would be a hindrance or some kind of obstacle. And I really have to say, looking back, I just don't feel that it was. I feel that I was able to be ambitious and to chase the roles that I wanted. And being a woman didn't hold me back or the people I was working for didn't hold me back. Clearly, stepping out of the workforce to have three children is a challenge. You are out of the organization for a number of months each time. And particularly in the UK, where maternity benefits are very, very good, sometimes a year at a time. And that therefore leads to choices you have to make when you come back and some roles you can't have when you're constantly stepping in and out of the organization. But I don't feel that there's a specific challenge against women achieving what they want in business. So do you think you have to sacrifice anything on your career path to get where you are today? So I think one has to admit and accept that having children causes one to step out of the workforce for an extended amount of time. And when you do step out, there are certain roles that you aren't able to take on because you're just not there. And clearly that's an impact on your pay and how much you can earn when you're actually not delivering for a certain period of time. So there were years, if I look back, where maybe I did want certain roles, but they were given to other people. But I understood that. It just didn't make sense that I would get them when I was you know, in and out of that period of time. And the sacrifice I made was I made a choice. I wanted to be with my children at that point in time. I didn't want to work full time. I wanted flexibility. And I understood from that choice there's always a consequence and that I couldn't have certain things. But I don't think I've had to really sacrifice anything or feel pain in order to achieve you know, where, where I've reached. And what are the biggest lessons that you've learned in your career? So I think what I definitely learned coming out of 
the financial crisis uh, through 2007 and 2008 was, and I've heard it from other people in the organisation, don't waste a good crisis. There's no doubt that the best opportunities you will ever see are when things are absolutely terrible in the market. And that is the time to be brave and bold and to really go for it. But you have to be in a position where you've kept your powder dry for those situations. So there were huge opportunities post the crisis and we as an organisation were able to take advantage of some of those and I certainly learned to look out for it. There are ups and there are definitely downs and to definitely go for it at the down times. So one of the most important characteristics and, and values, perhaps even skills that a woman needs to be successful in business? I think it's very important to build resilience. I think this comes through to you through the natural course of events in one's own life and all the experiences that you go through, but there's no doubt being resilient to good things and bad things can really help you to navigate through all the ups and downs that you face in financial markets. Of course, confidence is critically important. This builds over time. Nobody naturally has it. It comes with a lot of working on it and through multiple experiences. I would say it's very, very important to have empathy to try to understand people and to care for them. And lastly, I'd say you need to understand choice and consequences. And I think lots of people think that they are a victim or that things are happening to them. But when you can put it in your mind and think about it, that you're making cert certain choices and you want certain things and therefore they have consequences, it makes it a lot easier to bear certain things. What kind of supports have you had from other women on your career journey? So I wouldn't say that I haven't had support from women within the organisation, but clearly if you look around, there aren't that many women in other senior roles. I would say that the major support has really been from my mother, who be in the background, has always just swooped in and come to support me wherever I've needed help along the way, be it with the children or just keeping things together to enable me to perform my role. And do you have one piece of advice that you could give to any aspiring female business leaders? What I would say is don't look at being a woman as a disadvantage. It's actually a major advantage and one should take this on and use it. So describe your leadership style. What would you say your, your key strength is? I would say that I do have a natural empathy with people. I do care deeply for the people who work with me and want them to be happy around me and happy in the work that they're doing. I think that I can be quite demanding and I'd say when I say demanding it's in the sense of what Schopenhauer always used to say, which is you're always becoming, never being, always looking for the people working with me to constantly evolve. I think Stephen always used to say, if you always used to say, if you're standing still, you're actually moving backwards. And it's that type of thing of constantly moving forward that I really enjoy when working with people. And I think a key strength is having a generosity of spirit and just looking out to help people as much as possible. And do you believe in networking as a way of progressing your career? I think it's very important to network. It doesn't have to be unnatural, but in a natural way over a number of years, I think it's important to meet multiple different people across the organization in all sorts of roles. I think there's no doubt that interacting with different people in different parts of the organization does lead you to be considered for various roles in the fullness of time, and you need to be known by various people to be considered. And what do you think differentiates a woman in the boardroom? I've never really felt different there, to be honest with you. I don't really feel any different being a woman in the boardroom. We do have a number of women on our boards. Maybe that's why I don't feel out of place. But I wouldn't say there's any major difference. So a final question. You're a very busy woman. How have you mastered work-life balance? 
I'm not sure there's any such thing. I think it definitely, the saying, something has to give, is def definitely rings true. I certainly try my best. I make sure never to miss my children's sports days, their school shows, anything they want me to try and watch, and that is very, very challenging and difficult to do, but I, I honestly break my back to do that. You only have to have one experience of your child crying because you didn't come to an event to know that there's so much impact that you really need to try and make sure that doesn't happen. So I really just try my very, very best. I enjoy my work very, very much. I find it intellectually challenging. I enjoy being around the people and I'm strongly maternal. So between the two of those things, you just try your best.